everyone. I'm your host, Kristen, and you're listening to the Confessions of Women in STEM podcast, the show that empowers girls to succeed and thrive in STEM. In this episode, I had the amazing chance to speak with Jennifer. She is the executive director at a not-for-profit organization known as the Canadian Cyber Threat Exchange. Let me tell you, Jennifer brought such a wealth of wisdom and valuable insights to the table. We covered a really wide range of topics, from the meaningful work she does in her current role to the importance of mentorship and diversity in the cybersecurity industry. We even delved into some exciting job opportunities that exist in this very promising field. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm very eager to hear directly from Jennifer herself and dive into the heart of today's episode. So without further ado, here's my discussion with Jennifer. Hi, Jennifer. It's honestly so wonderful to have you here on the podcast today, and I'm really grateful that you could join me. I'm happy to be here. To start off, can you briefly introduce yourself and give us an overview of your background and your current role? Absolutely. I'm happy to. So I am the executive director of the Canadian Cyber Threat Exchange. So the Canadian Cyber Threat Exchange is Canada's only not-for-profit cross-sectoral, member-based cyber threat collaboration organization. I'll explain that in a second. We have 170 members representing 15 sectors and over 1.5 million employees in the country. Our members are from the largest of the large organizations. Think about the big banks, manufacturing, down to a small five-person dental office. Uh, so it, what we do, the purpose behind the Canadian Cyber Threat Exchange is to enable companies to come together to share not just cyber threat information, but resiliency strategies. So uh, it's not enough to share, I saw this happening on my network. What's really important is for other organizations to understand what you did about it and how you got around it. That's the resiliency strategy. So we find that our members will share all of that kind of information uh, with each other because truthfully, no organization wants to see anyone else damaged by cyber threat. And there are so many out there. Uh, so the collaboration is really an important way for organizations to build a better understanding of what the threats are and to create that um, resiliency and the ability to survive. Uh, cyber attack or cyber threats. And so that that's what I do. I run this organization uh, with a fabulous team um, and supported by a, a board of uh, incredible people who really do understand what we're trying to do and support our mission. Uh, and my background, I come from a background of running small businesses, small to mid-sized businesses, helping them grow. Uh, my last role was my first introduction in a meaningful way to the world of cybersecurity and cryptography, which is even crazier than cybersecurity. Uh, and that's where I fell in love with this particular industry. That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your background. And based on all of your experiences, I'd love to know what stands out as the most rewarding and the most challenging aspects of your job. So I think everyone has a a different idea of what is rewarding. And in fact, I'll bet that there are um, Psych 101 students who would say that this is actually a personality test, right? What, what 
do you find rewarding? Um, to me, I think it comes down to knowing I've made a difference. That, that to me is the reward. Either, and the difference could be either to an individual uh, or if I'm lucky enough to be able to be part of something bigger, a difference that would make my world a little bit of a better place. I think I think the answer to both rewarding and challenging for me actually comes down to people. People can be challenging. There is no question. Right? Playing on a team, anyone who's played on a team, working on a team, working with other people, it can be challenging. Not everybody is always on the same page. But people are also the most rewarding. Um, when you do get a group of people working together towards a common goal, and you are on the same page. The reward in that is phenomenal. Knowing you've helped somebody, it's, it's a great feeling. Honestly, it's just, it's really fascinating to hear about your experiences in this field and how you've also navigated some challenges. And speaking of that, cybersecurity, the landscape, it's always changing and evolving. What are some of the essential skills and traits required for success in this field? And what type of person would you say you need to be? I think to be successful in any field that is evolving, changing, and growing as quickly as this one, as you pointed out, it is constantly changing. Um, I think the most important thing you can bring to this, no matter what level you're at or what side of the business you're on, I think the most essential thing is a love of learning. I think if you, you can bring curiosity into your role, into your job, and not be afraid to go down what I call the curiosity rabbit hole, right? When you when you discover something or hear about something and you, you know, the next thing you know, it's five hours later and you've come up from your your Google searches and you're, you think you might have actually learned something. That curiosity rabbit hole, that's how you learn new tricks, new skills. And again, in a constantly changing field, the ability to learn new skills is critical. I think in terms of what type of person you need to be or what trait that you require, you need to have perseverance. Um, and it does, again, it doesn't matter what level you're at. You need to have perseverance. You are not going to succeed at everything the first time you try it. Okay? If you look at the word fail, and instead of thinking it, of it as not succeeding, Think instead as it's a first attempt in learning, fail. What that means is that there's going to be a second attempt because you're going to try again. That's perseverance. And I think in cybersecurity, it's critical. I really love that fail. It's my first time hearing it, and I'm definitely going to use that in my own life. You know, it, it's, I, I actually have it and I'm not going to put my camera and show you how messy my desk is because that would be bad for my image. Um, I actually have it on a sticker on my wall above my desk. First attempt in learning because it just reminds me, don't be afraid. Try it. It's a great reminder to have. While having all of these good skills and traits are really critical for success, as you mentioned, I'm really curious to hear about the role of mentorship. Did you, by any chance, have any mentors or role models throughout your career? And if you did, what did you learn from them? So 
Um, because I'm, you know, patient. Um, when I was starting out in my career, there wasn't so much emphasis placed on mentorship. Uh, it's certainly not something that I was ever encouraged to do. None of the organizations I worked with had a mentorship type of program. Um, so I didn't have mentors early in my career. I wish I had. Uh, but I certainly have them now. Uh, over the last 15 years or so, I have developed my network of mentors. And it's a constantly changing and evolving network. And, and let me just go back a second. I said network, not one. You don't just want one mentor. You want to have a network of people who are at different stages in their career. Uh, and part of my network is is not made up of what you would traditionally think of as a mentor. A mentor being somebody who is further ahead of you in their career and can support you in your growth and development and help to lift you up. That's very important. Don't get me wrong. But I now have people in my mentoring network who are at the junior end of their career and they push me. They're in my network because they force me to do better. They don't let me sit around and, and say, okay, well, we don't need to do that or we've tried that. It's like, no, I don't care. Do it again. Try again. Um, you need to surround yourself or to have a group of people that you can draw on that come from different areas of your life that you can look to for different things. Advice, support, sanity check, right? And, and I've got a, a number of different people in my world um, that I look to for that type of thing. Um, I've got a, a colleague who runs a similar organization to this one in a different country. And she and I try and get together and just talk about some of the challenges we're having. Um, I'm, I'm very lucky to have over the last years built this network of people, of mentors, um, who provide me with sound, solid advice and or a swift kick when I need it. Um, I just need to learn to listen to them more often, that's all. So mentorship is important. Absolutely go out and seek mentors. And if you're just starting out in your career, seek somebody in the organization you're in, but also start looking for people outside. For sure. And this just makes me wonder, as you, you kind of um, mentioned earlier, for those starting out in their career, I think it can be really daunting. And I'm just wondering, do you have any specific advice for someone who's seeking out a mentor and maybe finds the whole idea just a little bit nerve wracking? It is nerve-wracking, and it's particularly nerve-wracking when you're told you have to go to a networking event, and you walk in the door, and it's the last place you want to be. You really don't know anybody in the room, and how are you going to go up to somebody and ask them a question? Uh, and it is, I was just at a, a networking event last week, which was uh, for new new um, employees in the cybersecurity industry, so everyone was fairly young, and you could see everybody sort of trying to stand in the corner. Right, afraid to make that first conversation. If you're working in a big organization, they will actually help you find a mentor, uh, which is a great place to start because that at least teaches you to talk to people. If you're not working in a big organization, you find your mentors by going to industry events. And I'll tell you what I said, 
exactly what I said to the group of, of young people that I was speaking to at this event, all of whom were standing together. They all came from the same company. They were all standing in a little group and they were not approaching anybody. And so I, you know, being me, walked up to them and said, hi. And I challenged each of them to go and talk to three people and come back and tell me person's name, first name only, because it's too much to remember, their name, their favorite color, and what their passion was, what they liked to do. And they thought I was crazy. And I said, no, just go up to somebody and say, hi, my name's Jennifer. What's your name? Once you've started that, it's very easy. Once you've asked somebody three questions, talking to them for the rest of the evening is suddenly very easy because they're not a stranger anymore. That's all. Uh, so I, I challenged each of these three young people to go and do that. They came back. They reported back to me. I said, great. Now go talk to them some more. Now you know them. Now you know them. What's the issue? That's how you find a mentor. That's how you find um, people that you can get advice from. Is by going to industry events, by making or taking opportunities that are given to you to do that kind of thing. Uh, talking to people in the lunchroom if you're at work. That's how you do it. For sure. And I really love the simplicity of just the three questions. And once you kind of break that barrier, it can get really easy for the conversation to flow. Absolutely. I really liked hearing about the impact of mentorship on your career. And I'd like to shift gears a bit and talk about diversity in the cybersecurity industry because it's a really pressing issue. Why do you think it's important to have a diverse range of voices and perspectives in cybersecurity? And what steps do you think companies can take to help increase diversity and inclusion? Wow. Okay. So let's put it on the table. Diversity, we talk about diversity models and diversity matrices and, and everyone, every company should have 25% of this and forget all of that. Diversity is critical. It is critical to the survival and success in cybersecurity. It, it's not a good thing to do. I mean, I guess, of course, it's a good thing to do. But it's actually a business decision. And that's what people have to start recognizing is that you must have a group of people looking at problems or solutions or situations from as many perspectives as possible. If you don't have a diverse workforce, a diverse team, then you're all going to approach problem from the same perspective. Well, that's sort of a little ridiculous because you're all going to come up with the same solution. And that's short-sighted. Diversity gives you that opportunity to develop a, a much broader spectrum of solutions or to see different sides of a problem so that you can actually be prepared for it. And I need to be clear here that when I'm talking about diversity, I'm going beyond the traditional term meaning gender, race, cultural, uh, all of the standard diversity terms that we hear. I'm also thinking about diversity in education, diversity in lived experience, 
all of these impact the individual's perspective and play then play into the team or an organization's ability to see the bigger picture. Companies need to ensure that they're hiring a diverse workforce. They need to hire from multiple different schools or sources. They need to rethink the experience requirements that we see put into a job ad. Um, there's nothing worse than seeing a job posting that says that you, you know, candidates must have like 15 things. Ask yourself, if you're the hiring manager, ask yourself, really? Is that what I'm looking for? Or am I looking for somebody who has some of these things and can learn the rest? Who's bringing more of that diverse perspective? There's a, a study out there, and I didn't have time to look it up carefully. Um, there is a study out there that indicates that women on the whole only apply for positions where they meet all the requirements listed in a job act. Men, on the other hand, will apply if they meet some. So if you have a job ad out and it has 20 items listed as being requirements, you're automatically ruling out a whole percentage of the population who are probably not going to apply. And so a company will say, Yes, but I didn't have any women in the hiring pool. But why is that? It's because of the way the job ad was written. Companies need to ask themselves if those requirements are actual game stoppers or if they're trying to use them as a, as a tool. It's like a blunt instrument as opposed to a fine scalpel. You need to screen applicants based on their ability, not just to do the job, but to learn, to be part of the team. Uh, and all of that together will help you to improve and increase your diversity in your workforce. 100%. I, I really appreciate all of those insights on the importance of diversity and inclusion. And I just, I couldn't agree more. This ties along with my next question. Cybersecurity is such a rapidly growing field and there's so many career paths available, even for people with backgrounds outside of STEM and different educational backgrounds. So can you share some examples of exciting roles in the field and what kinds of backgrounds might be well-suited to these positions? So the, the most common entry path in this sector is on the technical side network or systems administration, computer engineers. Uh, and then they move up through uh, cloud security engineering and all, all the different types of technical roles. And and that's critical. I mean, we, we have to have those those roles in this, in this industry. Uh, there are also careers on the non-technical side, uh, analysts. You, you know, big organizations need to have people on staff with a background in economics or political science. People who understand the potential impact of geopolitical events and then can inform what that impact could be on their sector, on their industry, on their organization. Another very common career path in the cybersecurity industry is through the government or the military. Uh, they both provide fantastic career potential for anybody looking into this industry. 
And a few years in, people then, you know, go on to the, the civilian side um, and, and do much the same thing, but with a huge amount of experience underneath. Um, so it's never too late. I mean, you know, I, I ended up in this industry um, at the late end of my career, and I'm not the only one. Um, so it's never too late. Um, it's definitely an easier entryway if you have background in STEM, right? You can come up that networking side and then make the transition over, but it's not too late for anybody. Definitely. Thank you for sharing all those examples of different roles available in cybersecurity. Although this makes me really sad, we've now come to the end of our conversation. But before we wrap up, I'd like to ask you one last question. And that is, what message or piece of advice would you give to girls interested in a STEM career? Uh, did I mention perseverance before? Because <laughs> we're going to go there again. Um, keep at it. Um, keep at it. But I would also stress the importance of learning to write critically, uh, which when we think about STEM, uh, people tend to think, you know, the sciences and technology, but the ability to craft a good argument in writing is very important, right? You could come up with the most brilliant idea uh, that could you know, save the world from all kinds of disasters. If you can't write it, if you can't communicate the idea, clearly it's going to end up at the bottom of some drawer. So take those extra classes in critical thinking and in writing ability, because the combination of the two will make you a powerhouse. And let's go back again. Perseverance. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, there, it, it's going to be challenging. There's no question. But it's worth it. Good things are. I love that perseverance. And I also like that mention of critical writing skills. I think both of those definitely key. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for joining me today, Jennifer. It was such a pleasure talking with you. Kristen, it was a pleasure. Good luck to you and to your listeners as well. I look forward to seeing you all in the workforce soon. That concludes my discussion with Jennifer, and honestly, what an insightful conversation it was. I have to say, I feel beyond grateful to have had the opportunity to talk with Jennifer today. She holds so much knowledge and expertise, not only in her role at Canadian Cyber Threat Exchange, but in her approach to leadership and communicating with others. I'm simply just super inspired by her and I believe that she is a really fantastic role model for young women interested in pursuing a career in STEM and for young women in general. To connect with me, feel free to message me on the podcast Instagram account at Confessions of Women in STEM and please do join our community on Instagram. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with friends and family or leave a rating and review. Thank you so much for tuning in and I look forward to speaking with you next time. Bye.